Hello everyone and welcome to the Daddy Brigade Podcast. I'm Keith, the Bearded Tank. And I'm Zach, the Tactical Gnome. And this week we're going to be continuing uh, from last week on bugging in and bugging out. Last week we focused on bugging in. Uh, this week we're going to focus more on bugging out. Um, just to sum up a little bit, you know, bugging out when you need to get out of Dodge. There are certain things you want to have. When you're bugging in, there's diff- there's a different set of things you're gonna, you you want to have uh, on hand. Because it, it, depending on each situation. Um, bugging out. Now, everybody has probably heard bug out bag. I mean... I would say so. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of different things. It's called bug out bag, get home bag, um, go bag, ready bag. Um, basically, you know, that's your bag, whether you be it be at home, in your car... At work, it's something that's got enough to get you where you're going to where the rest of your supplies are. Um, because obviously you don't want to have all your supplies in one place. It's just like, you know, don't have all your eggs in one basket. And if you have something were to happen to that bag and all of your stuff's in it, well, you're toast. But what if you have one chicken? Well, okay, one chicken. All right, smart Alec. Then all your eggs are in the one basket. Yeah, you're right. It was a metaphor, Hamhead. Uh, but it's basically a bug out bag, a ready bag, a go bag. It's going to have 72 hours worth of stuff. Food, water, clothes, um, that kind of deal. Um, my bag, I like Vienna sausages. So I have three cans of Vienna sausage, some granola bars, uh, enough calories of stable things um, to get me for 72 hours. Um, I mean, with food... In your bag, obviously you don't want to have a stash of Snickers bars if you live in the middle of Texas. Because those Snickers bars aren't going to stay very good in your bag for very long. Um, use, you know, keep in there stuff that you like, but it's en- enough that's going to get you through three days. Um, water, I have the hydration bladder in there um, with a Sawyer water filter in line with it. Um... That way, if I have to fill up from a creek or whatever, the filter will filter out any nasties. Plus, I have a couple water purification tablets in there just in case if I have to fill up a jug or whatever. Um, You're kind of the more of the expert on the bugging out, bugging in, because I think I addressed this in the last episode that I really uh, have kind of been slacking in that general area. Yeah, well... Uh, with actually having stuff ready, I'm slacking quite a bit because I think I'm the only one with the bag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, and I got. Yeah, you're kids. one up though on yeah. me because like I don't have any yeah. bags. I just have what is in my car to get home. Yeah. And. That's just. I mean. That's. I don't yeah, know why. Yeah, I mean, you, you could start slow. Like I, like I started by carrying a case of water in my car, at all times. I mean, and I'm like, okay, well, now I can throw, uh, you know, a couple bags of beef jerky or something in there with it and mm, just slowly build jerky. it. Yeah, dude, I had applewood smoked bacon jerky Ooh. that we snuck into the movies last night. It was pretty good. So it's actually awesome. bacon that's been dried down into jerky. It, mm. it could have used to be thicker, but... And a little more apple flavor? No, it was pretty good for flavor-wise. Mm. But 
you know, everybody, you know, the applewood, 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 and then you got ones that it's like, dude, that's not applewood, that's just apple. And then you got ones that's, that's, that's kind of woody. <laughs> yeah, that's wood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this one was a pretty good balance, but, uh, I mean, your bag, so each person should have a bag. One person in your family can't focus on carrying everything for everybody, because you're going to overload yourself. Like, I mean, I have four kids. Now, my one-year-old, the youngest, he can't carry his own bag because he, he just started walking, like, two and a half weeks ago. Something like that. I can't remember how long he's been walking. He still doesn't walk very well, but he, he can't carry his own bag. self-reliance. Right? Yeah. Um, but, like, my seven-year-old, my five-year-old, even my three-year-old, they can carry their own little bag. Now, they're not going to carry a crap ton of stuff in their bags. But they can carry, you know, their change of clothes. Um, their coloring book and crayons. Yeah, something to keep them occupied. You definitely got to have something to keep the kids occupied if you have to hit the road for any extended period of time. I mean, even a couple hours can be uh, a royal pain in the butt if you don't have something to occupy the kids. Um, but, so like, yeah, I mean, they can carry their coloring book and crayons, a change of clothes, um, some snacks that kind of thing um but yeah each person should have a bag and then you have a vehicle bag um which is your basic you know jumper cables the stuff for the you know the maintenance emergency stuff for the car plus some more food you know another 72 hours worth of food you can keep in your car road flares yeah road flares tire pump patch kit or plug kit um I've got a spotlight, I've got ratchet straps, um, I'm trying to think what else I have, a, a small emergency shovel, um, and that, like I said, another case of water, I usually also have a case of Powerade in there, because I drink a lot of Powerade while I'm at work, um, that kind of stuff. Um, another thing to have in your vehicles, and this is for every vehicle that you own, plus one at the house. It's called a bug-out binder. Um, it has your important documents. Um, it, yeah, it has your important documents, like you know, copies of birth certificates, um, social security cards, bank account information. Um, copies of birth certificates are getting freaking expensive. Dude. Oh, I know. Yeah, I like. I have a copy of the birth certificate for me, my wife. My oldest, my seven-year-old, and my five-year-old. I don't have one for I had to the get, youngest two because it's I had like to get 40 bucks a piece. My little boy's birth certificate. So when we went to Florida, they didn't give us one from the hospital. Mm -mm. And it was like $35. Yeah. Um, granted, I need to get them to have them. Like, I have the actual hard copies in my safe. Yeah, that's we have our um, hard copies. In the but that binder should have them if you have to hit the road and you have it in your car. You'll they'll have, you know, copies of your driver's license, like uh, social security cards, uh, birth certificates, bank account information. Now, with some of that more sensitive, like your bank account information, if you a lot of bank accounts, if you add a one to the beginning, and put dashes in there, it looks like phone numbers. As long oh, as yes. everybody is on the same page with how to read it, and you can use number off encryption. So instead of putting a one at the front, you put like a three at the front. So you know every number, it's positive three. So if you use a positive three shift, so say your bank account number is one, one, one. You do a positive three shift, it'd be one, two, three, four. 
So it would be 444 written down. But if as long as everybody knows that it's a positive 3 shift, then you can uh, count back okay. 4. And it gives you the actual account information. I mean, it's definitely not like NSA, you know, alphabet agency proof. Yeah. But the average Joe that's going to break in your car and see that, he's like, oh, he's going to try it and it's going to get him. He's going to get caught because it's. He's not going to know that it's a number off encryption. He's not going to know. And yeah. it only lets you try and access an account or something like that so many times before a flag's thrown. So, I mean. But, yeah, with that. Um, your rally points, you know, your meeting places, um, like pick, you know, print out a map off of Google Maps with the, the point on it, with the address, uh, three different points with three different routes to get there each. I mean, even if you so just... nine routes total. Yeah, a total of nine routes. I mean, just so, and have one in each vehicle. So if you've got driving age kids, um, you'll have one in their cars, you'll have one in each, you know, yours or your wife's car. Um, one in each, one in every vehicle that you own. That way, you know, if something happens and say your, you know, 17-year-old daughter's freaking out because she's out away from everybody else doing her thing, be like, calm down, turn to page six. This is where you're going to go. There's the directions to get there. If you get caught somewhere in between there, you know, where you have to redirect, you can, you know, call me and to say, hey, I have to take route two. You know, communicate like that. That way, everybody's on the same page. You want to keep all the binders identical. So, anytime you update one, you know, have to update one sheet, you change it in all of them. The easiest way to do that, get you those clear sheet protectors for like Office Depot or whatever that go in the binder, mm -hmm. and you can just slide the sheets in and out. Ah, yes. So, I mean, that way you can update them all at the same time, um, and it just makes everything's uniform because one little thing detail that could be different in somebody's and you know everybody's going to be thrown off um so yeah with that you'll have any um something else you can put in any phone number, contact numbers that you'll need um so go through your phone i mean i know everybody's got their address book in their phone but go through your phone these are your emergency contacts so you know you'll have Everybody in your immediate family's number, grandparents' numbers, um, local hospital emergency room phone numbers, anything that you, you know, numbers you might need, sheriff's department, um, yeah, any relatives you want on there, any friends you want on there um, with the contact list. Um, something else to add in there is a list of hotels in the area or a certain radius of where you're at. That way, if you do have to get out, you can go boom. This is their phone number. Hey, and you know, call them. Cause you know, some you know, not everybody has two sets of property with two houses or anything like that. You know, they don't. You don't or have local, or family that lives nearby. Right. Or... Right. So I mean, like uh, <coughs> my wife's friend, she lives in Arkansas. She and all her family lives in Sugar Creek. So she doesn't have family out there. So she could have all those hotels and have that ready um, any so I mean she's not necessarily gonna have a bug out location there because it's just her out there um, but so yeah you'll have your bug out locations your rally points your list of hotels um, a list of emergency rooms and hospitals and such like that um, the phone number for your local gun store <laughs> yeah I mean 
any important uh, contacts that you might need to use in a gen in any general situation. I mean, you can have. Um, I mean, you could even have a convenience store that would be part way. That way, you could call and be like, "Hey, you know, if you haven't, if you've lost contact with somebody that you're when you're on your it, the convenience store that's on your bug out route, um, if you know, you say, "Hey, we'll meet here." part way through you know as a immediate point and then we can travel on to the next point um, but if you've lost contact in between there you know if you're supposed to be meeting at this gas station you can call them if you're running late or whatever you can't get a hold of the other the other people in your group um, be like hey is there been uh, describe the person that you know that you're with has somebody like that been there you know that that can kind of help with that too um, the main key is making sure all of your binders are the same. Um, I mean, each individual family or person's binders are going to be a little bit different because you're going to be in different areas. You're going to have different points, places you're going to go. Um, but the one thing that carries over everything is to make sure they're all uniform. Um, I've actually got three started. One for the house, one for my car, one for the wife's van. Um, Plus, I have all the same information on external hard drives. I had old, well, I had old laptops, and on Amazon for ten bucks, you can buy the case that you just slide the old laptop hard drive in, close it up, and it plugs in USB to USB, plug into your computer, and use it as an external drive. So, I mean, I had the hard drives laying around, and the the old 360s, the internal hard drive. If you take that case off, it's a freaking Toshiba laptop hard drive. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I had one of those that I took apart. The only difference between a regular laptop hard drive and those hard drives is the security partitions. Oh, really? Yep, because it's different file types. They have to have different security protocols built into the hard drive for those file types. Hmm. But, um, yeah, and then not only have them on the hard drives, I mean, I, I'm kind of weird. If you look here, this program right here, it's called TrueCrypt. Ah, uh, yes, you were telling me about yeah, this. Yeah, it's an encryption software for the digital parts. Um, it runs on 256-bit AES, 2FISH, and Serpent encryption. I actually put it on all three of those. You can do any combination. One, one of them, two of them, all three of them. I mean, you can do it in any combination you want. But I do all three, and then I set the passwords, and each... Uh, it opens it up like a virtual drive, and you can put whatever on there. You can set how big you want it, depending on the size of the dri hard drive you're putting it on. Put all that information in there, unmount it, and it's encrypted. You have to use TrueCrypt to open it up, um, and you have to put in the password, obviously, to open it. Um, but I've got two hard drives, two of the little hard drives that I have that are go in separate places, like in the house. I've uh, I'm actually going to be putting one at my in-laws. Like here, throw this on the bull shelf and leave it there because that's where they, you know, they stash their keys and stuff like yeah. that in their house. They call it the bull shelf. But put one there. You know, have them. If you got a safety deposit box, you can put one there, um, and just you know rotate them out if you have to update information on them or anything like that. Um, but then I've got my main big external hard drive that I put that stays with my computer um, on the desk at home. And that's got them in there um, so that way I have 
if for some reason the binder at home gets ruined or whatever, I have the digital copies I can open up and print out. Um, as long as you have battery backup for everything. Well, right. Like, uh, but the, with the the point, of, you know, and having it outside the house too is it, like I can plug that hard drive into my in my mother in law's computer. Yeah. And I all I have to do is download TrueCrypt to open it up, but. Because um, this week, I mean. In our area this week, we've had oh, yeah. snow and ice on uh, yeah, my brother-in-law, this past Friday, and there's still people without power, and probably not until tomorrow yeah, night or Monday. Monday. Yeah, my brother-in-law, he lives uh, up on Fitzgerald toward, in Austin Town, just yeah. off of uh, Raccoon. He lost power with the snowstorm, was it Friday? Thursday night. Thursday into night into Friday, he lost power, and they told him it would be back 11 a.m. Friday. No power came back. They called again, and they said, oh, it'll be 11 p.m. tonight. No power. He called again, and it's going to be Monday before they have power. Yeah. And it's just his block. Everybody else around him has power. There, there's uh, It's really weird because it's him and part of Alliance are on the same grid, they said. There's half of East Palestine. It's weird. Um, there's like 1% of the grid in East Palestine that has power. Yeah. And uh, down in southwest Ohio... Uh, they don't have there's been people down there without power they think my father-in-law said there's 54 or 5800 households in Mahoney County that don't have power oh I'd say there's probably more than that yeah plus another like 2800 in Columbiana County um, I know Butler PA was without power today no oh, interesting or no yesterday because um, that's where the guy that runs the forums that I do the social yeah. media for that's where he's stationed at, and he posts. He's like, "Be patient with us. We, you know, responses are going to be slow because we're without power and without internet." Oh wow! And when you run a um, networking company and uh, web design and web hosting company stuff like that, yeah, it, it, that's kind of important. But uh, um, I know his servers aren't on site with his offices or anything. Yeah. But. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's uh, that ties into uh, with the weather and the the power outages. You know, a blackout kit. I know we talked about it last week too. Um, but I mean, a blackout kit for the house, a blackout kit to go with you, because I mean, you know, that should be part of your bug out bag too. You know, your flashlights, um, an extra an extra set of batteries or two. I mean, you don't need a giant flashlight to go in there even if it's just a little uh pocket you know mechanics light like that you can buy for like five bucks just something little to throw in there it takes two triple a batteries have a couple set of freight lights yeah the little harbor freight lights um just something because you're gonna need light at times that's um with extra batteries and you can even put some a couple chem lights in there they're uh Lightweight. I mean, the biggest thing with the bug out bag is don't overload yourself, but carry the supplies that you're going to need. Um, a way to, you know, hand warmers can come in handy to help keep you warm if you have to. Um, with your change of clothes, wool socks to help keep warm. Um, as winter, you know, as winter rolls around, you, you know, you change out from your summer clothes that are in there to your winter clothes, which could include a set of, you know, thermal underwear or, uh, anything like that um or if you know like me we call them uh long johns <laughs> i don't know 
and that's just something we've always called Polar Tech fleece. Yeah, you know, a, a lightweight fleece jacket or something you can put on. Um, an emergency, you know, those Mylar emergency blankets. Um, I don't know what my, the one in my car, it's an emergency blanket, but it's got like almost, it's like a, it looks like friggin' aluminum foil on the other yeah, side. Yeah, that's Mylar. But on the front, it's like uh, fleece. Okay, so that's one of the, yeah, I mean, the ones that I have, they're just Mylar. It's, you know, the, the balloon material, those uh, foam, yeah. foily balloons, that's Mylar. Yeah. Yeah, that, it super insulated yeah see mine has that and then it's and sewn it's <laughs> sewn the edges to a fleece panel and it's actually really nice huh it's a great blanket for like throwing out like if you're gonna go watch fireworks or something yeah that's, that's what I've used it for okay um, but, I mean and you can even use an emergency blanket for shelter because I mean if you have to you can pop a stick through it it's n relatively easy to puncture but then, like, out in the wintertime, if you get stuck at the side of the road, and, you know, obviously your car's, if your car's broken down and it's not running, you don't have heat there, and there's snow on the ground, you can pop it in there and dig the snow up, pile the snow up around it in there, because, one, snow's insulation, you know, is a good insulator. Um, and then the, the Mylar blanket will radiate, keep the, your body heat in, and then cover it with the snow. Um, just like, I mean, I and keep the tarp light something on, inside, on fire inside your car. Well, I wouldn't know if I'd light something on fire hey. inside my car. But... Well, just like outside the door, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's Hand warmers could work, too, for that. You, you put it in, inside the emergency blanket, yeah. and that would radiate the heat. Not Obviously, you don't have to hold on to them. Um, and they make the little adhesive toe warmers, too. You could stick those a few of those to the inside of the blanket to help keep the heat in there. Um, but, I mean, it's all dependent on your, you know, where you're at, what your climate's like to what kind of, you know, emergency stuff you're going to have like that in your bag. Um, but, like I said, for me, the, my, the, emer the Mylar emergency blanket, um, I do have um, my med bag that I have with me. Um, I need to start separating out into smaller kits to put in everything, too. I do have one in my car. It's in the, like, 6x8 waterproof container things from Walmart I put all the first aid kit thing in there so it stays waterproof and none of my stuff gets damaged oh nice um I got a couple of those waterproof bags just recently um like you can throw your phone and stuff yeah. keys and stuff I just got a couple of those the other thing I got is one of them fold up canteens like it's like a bag it almost looks like a hydration bag Oh, it's okay. A foldable, but it's a canteen basically. Hmm. Yeah, I know Nalgene makes one like that. Oh, what do they call it? I forget what they call it. It's like a negative bottle or something. I forget what they call it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's basically like a water bag with a water bottle no cap and nozzle yeah. piece on it. Yeah. I mean, those, you could roll that up and stick it and it would. Yeah, those are real nice to have. Yeah. Um, I know. ITS Tactical, they sell one with their skull logo, logo on yeah. it because um, they like their Nalgene. Yes, they, they like do. their Nalgene stuff a lot. Everybody says I should get a Nalgene bottle. Like everybody I work with, I don't. I don't drink that much water at work, which is probably a problem. I drink a lot of soda. Yeah, I drink a one liter or yeah, I use a one liter Camelback bottle 
It's got the bite valve yeah. lift and everything. That's that we have uh, like four of them in the one liter size, and then we have like four or five of the little like half liter size for the kids. Yeah. Because I mean, the kids like them. I mean, um, we like them too. Because you know, one they don't leak because of the bite valve on them. Um, can be kind of a little bit of a pain to clean if you put anything other than water in it, but. The kids like to put milk in it because it won't spill and they go around the house. Yeah, and then the milk gets stuck in the up in the rubber, the silicone parts of it. Um, you can have uh, I like silicone stuff. Um, so like you can have a silicone bowl, those collapsible ones. Ah, uh, yes. You can put in there, I mean, they're good up to 350 degrees. I mean, you can bake in silicone. Yeah. But, I mean, you can't put it on a fire or anything. Um, but that's something you put in your bigger bag. Um, not just, you You know, if you can get, I mean, they have, what are they at Walmart? The little camp. The campfire kits. Or, yeah, the little yeah, campfire kits. They're like 10 bucks or something like that. But it's got the cup, the bowl, I mean, the, the lid. That you could keep throw in there. Um if you have food in there that you know would be better warmed up or you have to warm it up like my stuff that i keep in there i just pop it open and go like i mean vienna sausages you pop the top pull one out throw it in your mouth and eat it um but i always get funny looks when i eat vienna sausages but i like them you know? or you could be like my friends last night since they don't have any power cooking spaghettios on their uh wood burner oh yeah i've made beef jerky that or deer jerky that way the little vent on the top of my dad's his one house you put foil over and pop the hole so the air still comes out and then he did the ground jerky style and had the the gun that oh, yeah. it out in strips and just put it right on the foil right on top of the wood burner and let it dry out there um mm. i don't know how that would taste it it was spooky <coughs> yeah, it was but it wasn't overly i mean you, you know you get this smoked you know smoked standard you know pepper jerky or whatever and uh that it was like that flavor but a little bit more i mean obviously it also depends on the type of wood but that's and it all comes like i said it, with the food stuff it's dependent on what you like and uh yeah so you want to keep food that you like um stuff that's stable i mean if you like mres like me you could keep three mres in there that's three days worth of food um, I mean, that's definitely three days worth of calories. I mean, you're, you're only going to eat it once a day, but you could split it up. I mean, you could even make your own little MREs. Uh, you can get, uh, like Mountain House has freeze-dried stuff. That gets a little more into the stuff where you got to take a camp set, you know, with a fire starter and stuff. That way you can cook the food. You guys have got to boil water and add to the freeze-dried stuff to rehydrate it. Um, I mean, even if, like, uh, dried banana chips, I love those, and that's the only way I can eat bananas, because when they're not dehydrated, I uh, get really bad gallbladder attacks. It's weird. Banana, wow. uh, cantaloupe, honeydew, uh, watermelon's not so bad, but if I Damn, eat too much watermelon... all the good fruits that you can't have. I know! It drives me nuts. But, uh, I mean, I can, I can eat a half a banana without any issues, but any more than that, it really starts to get me. But, uh, you know, somewhere there is a perverted joke in there. I'm going to just leave that alone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <coughs> and then your 
battery you know your battery bank even with even if it's just a little one um, that you keep charged in there um, to charge your phone if you're on foot or whatever and you got to have communications um, each situation is going to end up being different um, nobody likes to hear it but it's always it depends so I mean you could you go ask this guy who lives in Seattle his bag's going to be completely different from somebody that lives in Florida. Um, I mean, the basics, the staples are going to be the same, clothes, food, water, but what each of those individual specifics of those items are going to be different. Um, and if you got to bug out, like I said, you need three different places to meet with three different routes to each. Um, and it can practice, practice, practice. I mean, like, one of my locations is down in another county yeah um, but we go there all the time you know throughout as we're working on the property um, but the there's we know my wife and I both know uh, I know for fact we both know two different ways to get there um, the third way it's a lot of back roads I know a lot of them because I grew up down there Oh, you, you used to rally those back roads. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, it was fun to slide around the corners and stuff, but uh, especially down there because a lot of them are gravel, so it was nice and easy to slide around. But um, but she doesn't know a lot of those back roads yet. But you I mean it's <coughs> practice the routes, know the routes, and obviously keep them on paper in your binder so that you know because when adrenaline hits and you're freaking out your memory is going to be like what so have it on paper go to MapQuest or Google Maps and print out the directions and put with you know an, uh, the map piece in there um, you can put a compass in your bag if you know how to you know shoot a bearing work compass you can do a little bit of land nav stuff um, maps maps um, a, a definitely like, if you're in a different area that you're not used to, a different country, and I heard this from a different podcast, but if you're in a different area from, like, that you're not used to, uh, the little cheap hotel maps that they have at all the hotels. Yeah, the little tourist maps. Um, the maps that you can get at, like, a gas station. AAA has those little foldable brochure maps. Yep. And then, if you can, pick yourself up an atlas. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, atlases may, you know, everybody now with the technology age, everybody's like, oh, I got my phone, I can use the GPS. No, no. Because <laughs> if you have to hit the road and your phone dies, what are you going to do without that technology? You're going to be SOL. You just drive north. Yeah. Well, how are you going to know which way is north? Kentucky windage. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, maps are good, and a lot of times, a lot of cars anymore even have the little compass in there that give you a general direction, but um, a compass is definitely a good thing to have if you're out on foot. Like, I'm down there, the property's 160 acres, part wooded, part not. I mean, if we're out there, oh, crap, I can't see anything but trees around me. Which way do I need to go? I know the house is... You know, north of where I am, I can just boop north, walk, and I'll, I'll get to it. Um, but, um, 
so we've covered the bag with food, water, extra set of clothes. Um, if you have the space and you can handle the weight, an extra set of shoes. Um, even if it's just an old pair of boots, you can toss in there. Because, um, you know, your feet get wet, your shoes get soaked. Um, you put on your dry socks, but then are you going to put those back in your wet shoes? Probably not. Um, I know I've got an old pair of rubber boots that I sit by the door and if I have to I just toss them out into the car and take with me um, they're not exactly warm but that's what wool socks are for um, but they're an extra set of dry shoes um, and I mean make it a game with trying to you know if you got to have your family on board with some you know all this stuff is definitely family oriented especially for us um, make sure <laughs> ow <laughs> flying food I just flying spaghetti monster freaking a Christmas nutty bar no it's a party cake oh thing just thrown at me <laughs> by my wife But, but, you know, make it a game with the kids. And like, okay, you know, who's going to have the, the best food, you know, the tastiest shelf-stable food? Give them a, a choice of options that they can put in their bag for their snack. Who's going to have the tastiest snack? Or um, who's going to have the favorite game that we're going to play you know if we have to be out on the out on the road or whatever I mean make it fun for the kids because if they're not having fun with it they're probably not going to be pay attention and want to do it Bart he comes and smashes his skull <laughs> um we're watching Braveheart while we're recording yeah. this uh, but yeah I mean you gotta make it fun for the kids make it fun for the family I mean it's not all doom and gloom um i mean this is it's yeah you're preparing for the worst but hoping for the best but make it interesting for the rest of the family um make it fun i mean you know think you tell you know tell the kids hey go pack a bag with stuff that you might need to go spend the night at grandma's house for three weeks or for three days um and be like, okay, well, what if you weren't going to Grandma's house, you are just going camping? Because my kids love to camp. We've got a giant tent down at the other house because you can't stay in the house. Yeah. Right now because of all the work going on. Um, and the mold from being, you know, vacant for 15 years. But uh, yeah. we got a big tent. And be like, hey, we're, you know, we're planning on going camping for three days. Pack your, pack your bag and see what they put in it. And, you know, and help them, you know, teach them, okay, this is what you might need. And kind of go from there. And uh, definitely practice um, grabbing your bag and going. Be like, okay, impromptu trip out to wherever. Grab your bag and let's go. You know, make sure. Um, go through your bags with them. When you change your bags, their bags are going to need change too. So go through and be like, okay, it's cold out now. 
let's repack your bag. What, what do you need for the cold weather? You know, um, and I mean, with stuff like that, and you can color code, uh, even if you have, say, you know, because there's four seasons, you get a bag per season, and you can color code it so that they can have already have the bags, and you go, you know, grab your red bag, let's go, or grab your blue bag, let's go. I mean, for whatever season. Um, and any of your, or you can, you know, you can stat, have in your, you know, we use those plastic shoe boxes that are like 97 cents. They have the lid and you can have a color code those and have different stuff like, you know, black, a black label for the blackout kit or, um, you know, a red label for like hand warmers, sterno stove, you know, sterno fuel things. Um, another thing that works really well for fire starting, other side from obviously, you know, get like gas and matches, take it, if you've used a sterno fuel thing and there's only a little bit left, you save a couple of those. My father-in-law actually did it, uh, took a Gatorade bottle out of his wood shop and put all the sawdust in it. Yeah. Poured the sterno stuff in there, let it sit to where it soak in and turn it back over, you know, till it's all saturated. And you can just dump a little bit out and it goes up like that and it burns for a long time oh nice he, uh, i was gonna say uh Gyrolin also works for yeah, a starter i uh i've got i save all our dryer lint just for that and our toilet paper tubes you pack those full of dryer lint and then you can wrap some wax paper around it mm-hmm. and those take off pretty good and uh, the dollar store had five minute fire starters or whatever they're matches but they're thick yeah dude i was i was surprised how long those burned it was longer than five minutes. Oh, wow. I use those. I've got a, a vacuum pack sealed thing of those because I split them all up and put them in back, little vacuum packed smaller sizes to put in the bag. Yeah. Um, and, you know. And some of this stuff, folks, you can use for going and camping. Like, you know, yeah, it's bug out stuff, but a lot of this stuff people are going to buy for camping purposes and going camping or yeah i mean it, it hiking practice of the stuff that you're going to have if you have to bug out and hoof it i mean what's the point of having all this fancy gear in your bag if you don't know how to use it um, because you're tactical yeah tactical um i mean i rotate my stuff because i use it i mean when we go camping there's uh electricity down at the other property but only in the garage the house is disconnected um there's used to be a propane a big uh propane tank out there it's not there anymore so i mean if we want to cook food or whatever we can haul a microwave down there but oh the propane tank's not there anymore no all the piping's there i was gonna say too bad you couldn't unhook the propane tank from the house and then use yeah but Big ass grill. We, there was like two foot by two foot pavers. They're concrete paver things. Yeah. And we just took one of those and, you know, I built a little fire on it. Um, the main thing is having the supplies that you're going to need for the 72 hours in your bug out plus an extra 72 hours in your, you know, your go, your other bag, you know, your bigger bag. Um, and stuff that you keep in your vehicles all the time for that. Um, like, and there's stuff that, you know, you all can do to, you know, improvise. Like, you know, I think everybody's probably seen the thing on Facebook where the guy used the shopping cart for the grill. Yeah. 
if it seems stupid and works, it's not stupid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it works, it ain't dumb. Yeah. I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes to just get get stuff done. I mean, um, and with supplies, you can actually, you can make some of your supplies, like fire starter stuff, like you can make your own fatwood. Mm-hmm. Um, with old candles that are burnt down, do they only have a little bit of wax left? You melt the wax, let it, you know, put a bunch of candles together in a pot, melt it all down, and then take your little slivers of wood and put it in there and let it, just let it soak, and it'll bubble, and that's the air, the wax taking up the space in the wood from where the air was and pushing the air out, and then you take it out and you let it dry, and do there's fat wood. Um, instead of, I mean, if you know how to find fat wood when you're out, cool. I mean, that's definitely a good a good thing to know. But you can do stuff at home. Like the kids, if you know, have arts, arts and crafts, they like to make things a lot of times. Kids like to do things with their hands. They like to, to learn. You can, you can, you know, be like, okay, hey, we're making this today, and then teach them about it, and, you know, about how to find it out, you know, out when you're out in the woods or whatever. But you're making it on your own, too, and you're teaching them about it at the same time. Yeah. That's come springtime. Um, I started this summer a little bit teaching the kids about plantain and dandelion, wild edibles. Um, and in the summertime, I'm going to start a little bit more, getting into that a little bit more. And actually... Dandelions are terrible, though. Well, they're, they're pretty They're bitter. very bitter. Yeah. Um, we're not talking about the flowers. You don't eat the flowers. I mean, you can if you want, but uh, you know, the, the greens... Yeah, they're they're very bitter, and actually, um, they actually back in the day used to make dandelion wine. Yep, that worst hangover ever from dandelion wine. Yeah. My family makes homemade wine, and this bottle was back from like the nineteen sixties. Oh jeez. And me and my cousin cracked it open while we were moving all the wine stuff, and figured, yeah, what the heck? What the hell? So we slugged <laughs> this whole bottle. And that was on Sunday, and me and him were both in high school and went the next day to school. Oof. And worst hangover ever. Oof. I need, I'm going to start making mead, too. Because that's relatively simple to make. Y'all need to make a trip to New York. To yes. The meadery up there that I want to meadery hmm. But, uh, yeah, in the, in the <coughs> spring, I'm going to go out and we're going to, you know, because if you mix plantain... In dandelion, um, are you talking plantains like the tiny little? No, not, not the, the bananas. T- not no. the little bananas. It's a plant. Summer. Yeah, it's oh, okay, big, okay. broad leaves, and it's got the little stemmy thing. Yes, okay, okay. Yeah, um, because we, you know we have a bearded dragon. Yes. And they can eat. They eat greens and bugs and fruit. Um, they also taste great if you put them over a fire. Kidding, kidding. <laughs> I don't know this for a fact. Never done it. I can't imagine it'd be too much different than frog. I mean, probably not. But I mean, they all taste the friggin' same. Yeah, but I mean, Leah's like we're out of greens for Georgina. Her name, her lizard's name is Georgina. But uh, I'm like, well, go out in the yard, and I showed her a picture of the plant, and I went out and showed her what where the plant was. I said, go pull the leaves off of this, bring it in, I'll cut them up, and we can feed it Georgina. She can eat that. I'm like, yeah, it's plantain. You can eat it if you want. It goes good in salad. I mean. If you grow your own, you know, vegetables and stuff, you can do that, and you can supplement it with wild stuff. And um, another thing that's really good, especially when it's cold, sassafras tea. Mm-hmm. Yes, I used to make that a lot. What of did you make the other night, honey, for tea? Uh, green tea with high in ginseng. Hmm. 
I like green tea. I'm also trying to find some white tea. White tea is delicious. And I would like to get, um, Jocko had it on his podcast. It's Jocko's white tea. I don't know what is it, but um, I hear they have white tea with pomegranate. Mm. Which sounds tasty. I use a lot of black tea, but that's because I make a lot of kombucha. Yeah, whatever. Um, you were telling me about whatever the hell that is. Yeah, it's fermented tea. It's basically sweet tea that's fermented. You can, I had a lavender one a couple months ago. Really say, if you want to make your own, I have a scoby. I've separated. And I, I'm constantly making a gallon batch at a time. So Look at his I'll bring I'll bring it. I have no idea what you guys are talking so about. Um, I have a ginger scoby that I made with some ginger tea, and a regular one, one that's just plain black tea. So I can I have a scoby of each. So my beer's smoking. <laughs> um, I gotta get that trunk out of there. Right yeah. Yep, mine's up in the cupboard. I, we went. Walmart had those gallon mason jar things with a spigot on it mm-hmm. on clearance for a dollar. Oh, yeah. So we bought like four of them. And that's what I used to make I, a gallon batch of kombucha really in, in it. And you know, the spigot makes it nice for bottling if you want to make it more carbonated. But and now I we're usually, completely off. Yeah, that's okay. But, um, I mean, that's stuff you can, if you know, your kids like to make stuff. So you can have them help you make, you know, your kombucha or your mead. You're in it. They can't drink that. They can't drink that. But um, in Soviet Russia. Yeah, yeah. Um, in Soviet but, Russia, you start drinking vodka at birth. Yeah, I'm the machine. Um, but you've never seen that. I, you, I'll have to show that to you. Oh, it's Jesus. freaking hilarious. Um, but you can add that into there, make camping supplies like fire starters, you know, teach them how to build a fire during the summer. Um, granted, most of the time I cheat. I have a little propane torch. I, now, see, I have my little propane torch, but I also cheat. I use gasoline. Yeah, I don't use gas. I, I, I like using gasoline. I'm a little bit of a fire bug. I, I try use you know, I'll use the ferro rod and stuff, but... I've lit stuff with ferro yeah, rod. I just get... Well, see, whatever, I normally get it lit and then add gasoline to keep it, to flare it out and get it going. Yeah. Um, Which hopefully, since I have the wood all covered for this winter, we don't run into that problem. Yeah. It'll be nice and seasoned and dry. Um, But, I mean, my kids, they'd rather be outdoors than in the house any day. Wintertime, Levi likes to be inside. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know anybody that likes the cold. Oh, he likes being outside in the winter, but, like, he'd rather be inside. Yeah. Summertime, you have to fight with that little boy to get him inside. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the wintertime... Especially over at our... at my mom's farm. Yeah. It's... it's unreal. Yeah. In the wintertime, I get cabin fever really bad. But I don't like my fingers... the, The only part of me that really ever gets cold is my fingertips. And I can't stand it. So I've got gloves, but it's just, I like to go outside and do things. Like, I've got to get on making my wife's Christmas present, but it's kind of hard because she's at home all the time. So I might have to take the material over to my in-laws to do it. I'm building her a little box, like a jewelry box kind of deal. Oh, nice. Um, but 
I mean, my kids like to make things. My, my Leah's constantly coloring and drawing. I mean, you can get them into learning about the stuff that goes in it, the st how to do stuff. Um, but it's, it's a matter of, I mean, you definitely got to do it as a family because, I mean, if you're ready for everything, you know, all you got your bug out bag going, everything's all set, and, you know, crap hits the fan, everybody's freaking out, be like, okay, let's go, and you're the only one that's ready. It, it kind of puts a damper on things. It's a little hard. So, I mean, you don't, they don't necessarily have to be as gung-ho and in-depth about it, but to be relatively on the same page that way, everything's a little smoother because when you know your adrenaline's pumping you're freaking out i mean your brain just goes yeah when and one thing we it. haven't even talked about yet is um karen you know what you're going to carry as a you know defense weapon or if you're going to carry defense weapons with you right um i think we talked a little bit about it but yeah i um, mean that's like with me and my wife we both have our concealed handgun license and we both carry every day um so i mean that's for and, us that's second and if you nature. folks do have your ccw or you know you are thinking about getting your ccw one thing that i have become real adamant on and i need to get into a lot more is training with that gun yep. and go out buy yourself three boxes of freaking practice ammo and go out like once every month. Yep. And you know, if you can go out weekly, but you know, every month go out and blow through 150 rounds. Yeah, I mean, practice, practice, practice. Because I mean, if you have the tool but you don't know how to use it, it's pointless. I mean, you can throw it at them. Well, unless, well, if you have a high point, yeah, you know, you're gonna yeah. throw it at them because. Yeah, I mean, but. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, that's second nature for my wife and I. I mean, we have it. We go out and shoot. I mean, we can go to her dad's house, have a little area to do it there. Um, our other property's got plenty of room, so that's never an issue. Um, I mean, if you don't have your own property to go shoot on, find a range. I mean, and t depending on if you feel your kids are comfortable with it, that kind of thing, you can take them shooting too. Like, my seven-year-old took her shooting. She loves it. She ex was ecstatic to shoot the twenty-two. Yeah. Um, she keeps asking, when can we go deer hunting? When can we go deer hunting? I said, well, we've got to buy you a shotgun first. Yeah. Actually, speaking of deer hunting, my 13-year-old uh, nephew got his first deer today. Nice. First day of youth season, too. Yeah. He got his first, uh, first deer. Fifteen minutes. Fifteen-minute wow. hunt. That's it. Fifteen minutes. He got his first uh, little button buck. Nice. Yeah, first deer, and I was, I was impressed. You know, I mean, I didn't get to go out with them, but 15 minutes, I seen them tonight over at the family Thanksgiving, and I was like, you know, that's, that's pretty impressive yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, I've never, I've been out deer hunting a lot. I've never gotten a deer. But I've went my every year. I've went. I've that when I was younger, I got a deer. And my best year was my last year. I filled both my buck and doe tag before lunch. Wow. Yeah, see, the, my thing with that But we was, hit the woods at, oh yeah. you know, before sunup. Yeah. My, the reason I 
because I didn't really get into proper technique and that kind of stuff with shooting up until I was in my late teens. It was probably 19 when I started actually looking hard into it and realizing that I'm cross-dominant. So I shoot right-handed, but I'm left-eye dominant. Ah, yes. And I never so had a to... scope on my shotgun. And I never really paid attention to half God, I would correct. like to see you have to do the friggin' tack board with a friggin' AR. That would be entertaining. Now, my AR's got a red dot, so... But that would be entertaining still, so you yeah. have to do a tack board. I mean... So, I mean, I can... I've learned to adjust a little bit. It's like my brother took my 22 out um, when I lived there when I was right before I got married so I was like 20 and uh, I had it sighted to me because you know I'd close my left eye when I'm using the scope so everything would shift mm. and yeah, I thought he's like let me shoot yours so I'm like because my dad had a semi-auto a little bit shorter than mine um, and mine's a bolt it wasn't like, one of them nylon 77s was it no we have one of those and I have never my dad bought it, and I think we've run one mag out of it ever without it jamming. And we have four different mags. We cannot run a mag magazine through it without it stove piping. Wow. Like, every round. And we're not talking, like, it fires and then stove pipes. It, like, fires the one round in the chamber, and then the next round stove pipes. Like, it comes out and smashes the whole bullet. Oh, my gosh. It's... It's a junk gun. Yeah, no, I think my dad's is a Ruger, but it's old. And oh, yeah. It sits out in the hayloft of the barn now. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the stock started to crack. I don't know if he dropped it or what, but he's got duct tape wrapped around it. It's got a little, like, three-power scope on it. He uses it for shooting the coons that get caught in the traps and stuff around the barns. But, <sighs> um, but I told my brother when he's like, "Let me shoot yours." I'm like, "Okay, but you're probably not. You're probably gonna miss." We were shooting pop cans off the fence posts out at the farm. But he's like, "No, nah, I'll be good." Okay. He yeah, he couldn't hit it. He was getting pissed off. He's like, "Here, you can have your gun back." I'm like, "I told you." He's like, "Why? Why can I? Why am I missing with this?" I'm like, "Cause the scope sighted for me, and my eyes are different than yours. Cause it shifts. Um, when I close my left eye, everything shifts low and to the right. So I have to if I'm shooting." Uh, iron sights, I have to aim high into the left. So I close and it sh everything shifts down to where it needs to be. But he didn't believe me, but that was my my issue. And that's like when I, because you know, when I'm shooting the pistol, my, I, I don't know, uh, Lucas at T Rex Arms, he's cross dominant too. Okay. Um, and his thing, you know, everybody's, you know, bring, drop this arm a little bit to bring the gun over. Now I do like he does and just shift my head a little bit and use my left eye. And so, I mean, it's it's a little different. Um, I shoot more of a weaver stance, um, just simply to help adjust with that when I'm shooting at the range or whatever. I mean, obviously on the move it's a little different, because um, I do practice. I did a little bit of that. I'm by no means I look retarded doing it, but um, so I mean, it, yeah, with the with the weapon. I mean, like I said, my wife and I carry. She's got her 380. I've got my nine. That's just kind of second nature. That's always on us. But I mean, if you, you got to think about that too. I mean, like if you've got a little uh, 1022 takedown, you can throw in your bug out bag. Boom! There you go. I mean, that's 
get your squirrels look, if you have to. Or yeah, like, or like what I'm going to be doing with the AR, the 9mm AR. It accepts Glock mags, so it'll be a takedown. Plus, I'll be carrying the 9mm AR, or the 9mm Glock, Yeah. so I can swap mags and everything. You thought about a micro Roni? <laughs> Not. Yeah, it was kind of weird. I've seen it, but it's not cool, what I want to do. Yeah. Um, I guess they make a, a carbine length barrel for it, too. Yeah, I have seen that. Uh, it looks cool, but the practicality of it's another thing. I mean, that's. You gotta think practical. I mean, yeah, you have all this cool tactical gear, but. I mean, you, if you're not used to it, you know, you don't do rucks or anything like that. We're used to carrying a bunch of weight, um, you know, or stuff like that. I mean, you start throwing this heavy gear on and you look like a fish out of water. You're huffing and puffing trying to carry your gear. And it's a little rough. you got to think about your limits, your family's limits. Um, and making sure that everybody's the biggest thing is everybody's on the same page as a family unit because you're one unit not just individuals i mean so that's my biggest thing is the family unit for me um now i know you know like there's couples out there that's just the two of them and it's easy for you know if the husband wants to do get all this stuff ready it's a little bit easier for him to carry stuff for him and her or get the stuff ready and just be like here take this bag and let's go yeah. whereas there's six of us in my house yeah see I have three here yeah and another thing you gotta think about too is pets I'm a little screwed in that perspective because we have three dogs six ferrets and a bearded dragon and two cats yeah, and two cats that aren't mine, but we're watching them. Um, so the animal part is a little little on the difficult side. Now, my dog, she's a pit mix, and she's got her electric call, electronic collar. She stays pretty good, but if we need to. Um, the puppies, we have harnesses with the, the twin call, you know, the splitter leash piece for them. The wife can take that. And, I mean, the ferrets, they're little. We can fit them all in one cat carrier. Um, and the dragon, that's a little bit trickier because you got to keep her warm. Like, her cool side of her tank has to be, like, upper 70s, lower 80s. So, I mean, she's she she cold-blooded. Yeah. Yeah, she might get fried. I mean, in This a is why I don't have any exotic animals, folks. But I do love animals. Don't think... I don't by saying that comment. I this is why I don't have crazy exotic animals. Yeah. Well, that was the seven-year-olds. Well, she wanted that so bad, but because um, when I was a kid, I always wanted a Burmese python. <laughs> As the wife sits here, and he says no. Mm-mm. Over over here, shaking her head profusely, like no, well, no, snakes, hell no. Not in my house. Um, I mean that's. Too good. <laughs> um, I mean, that's something you got to consider too. Um, like we're putting together the first aid kits for the pets too, because I mean, with a lot of the stuff can transfer over, 
but then there are some things that aren't quite going to transfer over. Um, I'm trying to think what my one thing I was looking at the, the dog first aid kit. Some of the bandages are a little different. You're going to need to carry a razor um, to get any of the hair you know, away from a wound that you're going to have to dress or anything like that. Um, but, you know, pet first aid, food for them. Um, water is kind of a universal thing. Like I said, with the purification tablets, you can even carry... Uh, I've saved up a few of these. I'm going to fill them up after I clean them out with bleach ah. for water. You just do a few drops because it's a couple drops for like four drops a quart or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's a little like 60 mil. It's my vape juice bottle. Um, but I have a bunch of those. And you use for that, for the water. I mean, you, that way you can get water from a stream or whatever and then, you know, run it through an old a sock if you got an extra sock which you should have extra socks um, to filter out any sticks and stuff and then use the chlorine or the purification tablets on a large amount of water for like your pets and stuff. So, I mean, because water is heavy. It's like eight pounds a gallon. Yeah. Um, so you really don't want to carry a bunch of water, but you want to be able to clean water and have access to water. Um because it's the rules of threes. What it's it's three minutes without air, three days without water, and three weeks without food. Um, three minutes without air. Yeah, you pass out after three minutes. Hmm. I mean, unless you're like a professional swimmer or diver where you've trained your body, you can go longer than three minutes. But the average person after three minutes, you pass you pass out because hmm. your body. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's your basic rule of three, but, uh, I mean, that's, that's what I've got. I mean, it's basically down to working as a family unit to have this stuff ready. Um, you can have all the gear in the world, but if nobody's on board and knows what to do with it or what, you know, it, it's pointless to have. I mean, and you don't have to build up all your stuff in one big lump I mean like I said last week with you know your food storage at the house buy an extra of this you know if you you know if you eat two cans of tomato soup a week when you go to the store for the week instead of buying the two cans that you need just for that week buy three cans you have that extra can and just go through and rotate and you know each week and buy you don't have to do it all in one um which everybody, that's, I, that was my biggest thing at the beginning was, oh, how am I going to get all this stuff? And I'm like, wait, I can buy a little bit now. Yeah, it takes a little bit longer to have everything ready, but you got to make sure it's within your means because if you don't have the money to pay your bills and keep the roof over your head in the good times, you sure as hell ain't going to have nothing to do nothing in the bad times. So that's about what I got for this week. Yeah, I think that's about it. You've done most of the talking on this episode, but <laughs> no, that's, that's because you're the more prepared one than I am. But uh, I'm just big into the pew pew and the, yeah. the knives, yeah, and the gear and the training. But uh, that's, I mean, that's that's been a big thing for my family's self sustainability. 
Yeah. Recently, I mean, not necessarily recently, but I mean, for the last. I would like to get more self-sustained. Like, I wouldn't say like off the grid type. Yeah, but I I do know that once everything is finalized with this house, I will be purchasing a generac generator. Um, my dad has one and has put it to probably the most use it's gotten since he installed it this past weekend yeah um he's never really had to use it for more than like a couple hours and i think they're two days straight now wow and his is set up it powers his whole house like everything in the house and the back garage now is it like hard pipe does he have gas or is it um gasoline tank or no it's i think natural gas natural gas I think they have it set up. I, I'm not 100% sure on how it's all set up, but I know it's a 20-second delay. Oh, geez. So the power goes out 20 seconds, mm-hmm. it's on. Wow. And when I mean everything, like the other night we stopped and they were still on their computer. My dad was still on a computer and the TV was still on and like nothing was wrong and everybody else on the block had no power. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. But I think I, it's a 75 kilowatt hour it's something uh, yeah. huge yeah that's a nice size one um but yeah i mean that's yeah i mean the last four years my wife and i have been working towards not being tied to the corporate world kind of deal no i mean that's i quit working for the parts store this past april um i mean i don't we're trying to get to, we, we, I grew, this year I grew jalapenos. It's the only thing that grew because I got started late. And they were tiny ass little jalapenos. They were like that. Tiny, big. hot little jalapenos. Yeah, they were, they were, uh, they were hot. And but, some uh, people don't realize, but the drier it is for hot peppers, the hotter they will be. Yeah. Um, but we're going to get in, start this coming spring down at the other property doing, uh, a little bit like a uh, kind of hydroponic grown bell peppers and stuff because um, that's one of the things my dad has issues growing on his property the way he because he's old school grows everything in his one acre garden yeah um, he can't grow peppers in there for some reason I don't know it's something to do with something the soil's lacking something the peppers need and he can't figure it out I mean, which he grows everything. Trust else. me, we had an explosion of peppers up here. Yeah, but we have for supposedly really good soil up here. Yeah, well, that's I'm gonna do like a wicking bed. It's where it's got like lava rock that has water that would run into it because it's got there's already uh, some rainwater catchment down there that's been hooked to the garage for I can't even remember how long. Um, my dad told me, but it's been there for 20 years, at least. So that the water will run out of that and into there and wick up through the dirt because that's the way I grew them. I didn't even take the jalapeno out of the plastic planter that oh, I bought wow. it in. And I just stuck it. I had a trash can lit upside down that I kept full of water and set it up with a little bit of an angle so water could get in the holes in the bottom and just let it. And I made compost tea with some compost that I bought from the farm store mm-hmm. um, and added you know a cup or two of that to the water every week. Um but yeah, we're gonna start growing peppers because my dad he grows everything else. I mean, we brought home he sent home with us probably a hundred pounds of potatoes oh, out wow. of his garden. I mean, he it's ridiculous. But uh, yeah, getting back a little off topic, and I think that's where we're gonna call it for the week. Um, 
again check us out on Facebook at the Daddy Brigade Podcast. Yep. Instagram. Uh, Instagram is Daddy. Is it underscore? I can never remember. I, don't know, I can never remember either. It's uh, Daddy Brigade Podcast. Yeah, not you just the type in Daddy and search Brigade Daddy Brigade Podcast. Podcast. We'll come up. Um, um, also, the Bearded Tank. Yep. And the Tactical Gnome, both on Instagram. Yes, we are. And uh, got some other stuff coming around after the first of the year. Um, more details on that later. But uh, Got other episodes planned. Um, yep. Definitely got more coming. Stay tuned with us as we move along. Yeah, we appreciate everybody. Yep. And uh, again, uh, shout out to all of our first responders, firefighters, EMS. You guys keep rocking it and staying out there and doing what you guys do. Yeah, and the electrical guys that are out there working. Yeah, especially right now, the electrical the guys. ice and snow and crap going on. Which most of it's melted right now, so yeah. it's making it a little rough. But Yeah, everything's going to be nice and squishy. But... Uh, I think that's pretty much it for this yep. week. So that's what we got. This is the tactical gnome. The bearded tank. Out. Out.